Welcome to the Community Church Podcast. This is the second week of our new series on family and parenting wisdom called Our Imperfect Family. This will be a short series primarily based in Proverbs. If you'd like to take notes, there's a link for that in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. And without further ado, here's Pastor Mike. And so let's dive into, we are taking this little break in, in uh, Matthew and looking at this whole idea of, of Proverbs. And last week we looked at the whole idea of what is Proverbs teaching, wisdom, what is wisdom and why it's so important. And what we're gonna look at this week and next week is what does the Proverbs teach specifically about parenting? And there's some principles. We're gonna look at on multiple Proverbs this morning and uh, so we're not gonna read any beforehand, but let me begin the message with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for the privilege that we do have to come together, Father, to be able to dive into your word, to see principles and truths that are here. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the kids that accepted Christ, for 200 plus kids that were here over the course of this week. Father, for lives that are being impacted and changed. And Father, we pray now that your spirit would work here in this room with each one of us, that you'd speak through me and in spite of me through the power of your word. And Father, that each one of us would have hearts to hear and to respond to what you're calling us to. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if anyone here is a parent, have, has, you know, have, you know, we've had, anyone that's been a parent realizes there's one thing I think we could all agree on. It's a really demanding job. And it's a demanding job that once you get into it, you realize you're really not well-equipped for the job. I, I, someone said it this way, have you ever had a job where you had no experience, no training, and you weren't allowed to quit, and people's lives were at stake? That's parenting. I mean, that kind of says it well. And then some of us maybe tried to prepare, and we read all kinds of books, and we, you know, talked to people, and then the baby comes, and you realize, okay, well, there's theory, and there's practice. I mean, I was again reminded of, of the boxer Mike Tyson when asked about his strategy for an upcoming bout. He said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's kind of, I think, what parenting, we got a plan, the punch in the face, the baby comes, and, and suddenly we're, we're reeling. And um, again, one parent said this, he says, parent, parenting was much easier when I was raising my non-existent kid, hypothetically. And again, we can relate to that. We were in that, and suddenly it's, boy, it's challenging, and we're trying to figure it out. And, and, the, and the worst thing is even if you start to figure it out, then your child moves to the next developmental stage and, and all of it changes again. Or if you think you have one and you think, okay, let's have another one. We kind of got it figured out. The second one's totally different, a whole set of different rules. And, and we're trying to figure this out. How do we do this? What is wisdom? Especially in a, in a hard world that we live in, wisdom that we need, wisdom that we need to give to our children. And the good news is that the Bible does give us wisdom. It's a book of wisdom. We see even in Proverbs, wisdom to succeed in life. It's God's wisdom. Now, we might look at that and say that it doesn't give us specific answers to questions that we might ask. You know, how do I get my preschool to go to bed on time? How do I, what do I tell my teenager about the right use of social media? It doesn't give us that. What it does give us is timeless truths, principles that we can apply to every season of life, every cult, culture, every time. So it's applicable for us today. In fact, even if you look at the book of Proverbs, what you'll find is that numerous times, it's, it's kind of written in a sense that it's writing, a father writing to a son saying, here's wisdom for you. It's wisdom for us as parents, wisdom for us to give our kids. 
Look at it says in Proverbs 3, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. And so this idea that it's giving wisdom and there's a promise that if we have this, it's gonna add days, it's gonna add years, it's gonna add peace to our life. He continues, do not let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and men. So this isn't just spiritual truth. These are truths about the way that world works so that we not only have relationship with God, but we find success in the sight of God and men in all aspects of life. That's a great promise. But what is that wisdom? Well, the heart of that wisdom is seeking after God. It's trusting in him, relying upon him for guidance in our life. Continues, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It's that trust, it's in all our ways that we trust in him, we rely upon his word. And if we do that, again, it continues in the blessing. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and do not turn, and, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment for your bones. This idea that when these, we live in this truth, it's, it's something that, that brings healing to our family, to our flesh, to who we are. But what is this wisdom? Again, we looked at this last week. It's different than being smart. It's different than education. We all know of people that are really intelligent, that are really well-educated, that totally lack wisdom in real life. They're foolish. They live lives of foolishness. In fact, as we looked at a number of passages last week, we said there's a, maybe a, if we could give a definition, a biblical definition of wisdom, it would be this. Wisdom is understanding and living according to what is true. It starts by understanding what is true, a right understanding of what actually is, how the world works. And it's then not only living or understanding that reality, it's then living according to that reality. And when we talk about truth, it's not truth in my opinion or your opinion or the world's opinion. The Bible teaches that it's truth, that it's God's truth that he literally has woven into the fabric of the world at creation. And he not only put that into the fabric of the world so that it's the way the world works, but because it's the way that world works, there's consequences. Positive consequences for living according to that truth. Negative consequences for ignoring that truth. Now, as we now look at this whole idea of taking this and saying, how do we apply it to our family? What are some ideas that the Bible teaches? Well, it starts by really addressing this whole idea of what is the relationship between parents and children? Now, you might think, well, that seems like a simple question. Um, but then if you think about it, realize that it's actually a confusing question. Not only in our time, but even throughout history, there's been a lot of disagreement on that. There are some that I'm gonna call it maybe a traditional view, a more traditional view that, that says, okay, what is the relationship? And the traditional view, a lot of people would look back at the culture of the 1950s, going back to when it was the black and white TV, you know, that's always playing on that idea. Say, that's what we need. You know, this idea that, you know, that you have an emphasis on, on control. We need to control our kids. We need to tell them what's right, 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 wrong. We need to shape their behavior through rules and through authority. Now, the problem is that too often this approach can emphasize rules at the expense of relationship. And rules without relationship will lead to rebellion. And not only that, but if it's all about rules and it's all about controlling behavior and we're not shaping the heart, then what happens is that when our child grows up and there's not an authority to enforce the rules, 
you see, then they're going to go the wrong way because the real them hasn't been changed. Well, that's maybe the more traditional view. And we could say more the more uh, contemporary view, the modern liberal view says that, no, the, it isn't about rules. It's a, the goal of parenting should be loving and affirming our kids. This focuses on empowering our children through relationships, at this, this, a relationship of unconditional affirmation, unconditional encouragement. It usually leads to what might be referred to a more permissive style of parenting. Now, while the more traditional can focus on rules without relationship, the more liberal view focuses on relationship often without many rules. And so here the parent often tries hard to have this relationship where, they, where we're, we're empowering them. We want to be their friend. And because it's all about empowering them, well, what do you choose? And they often have a voice in the direction that they're going to go. No, the amazing thing is that I know our church well enough to know that we almost certainly have people that, that are leaning one way or another on these two, two, two questions. I mean, there's probably some people that are in there saying, yeah, Pastor Mike, you know, the traditional, we need to teach authority and right and wrong. And, and you know, you need to preach that. And parents need, today need to know that. And, but there might be other people that are sit, sitting there saying, yeah, you need to tell them that it's not just about rules, but we need to, we need to love our kids and we do and empower them. And we need to let them know that, that home and church is a safe and affirming place. So which one of these views is right? Well, I think the Bible teaches actually both are wrong. Both have some truth mixed in with a good deal of error. You see, when you look at what the Bible teaches about parenting and the relationship of a parent and a child, what it teaches is that the biblical view is it's the purpose of parents is to make your children wise. You see, it's not just about changing their behavior, trying to control them through authority, nor is it about just affirming them and trying to be their friend. The goal is to make them wise, to understand wisdom and to live according to that wisdom. Look what Proverbs 23 teaches. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. That's what the goal is, to be wise. And the Proverbs tells us that in this, in seeking to teach them, our, we're called to do this in a relationship, not where we're our, parent, our, our kids' friends. And our kids, they have a lot of friends. That's wonderful. They only have two parents. And in that, you know, we're not called to surrender the role of parent to be their friend. No, God has called us into this unique role of parents. And it's a position of authority, but also one that is defined by love and compassion. And we're to use that position of authority and that relationship to teach what is true and to teach what is false. To not only teach what is true, but to teach what is right and to teach them what is wrong, to teach them what is good and what is bad, to teach them what is wise and what is unwise. Now, I know a lot of parents will say, but I feel inadequate to teach those things. I don't even know, know what's right and wrong. I don't know what's wise. And, and or, or maybe, you know, there have been times I feel almost hypocritical because I know in my own past, I didn't always make the wisest decisions. So as a result, we kind of back away. We, too, too often as parents, we're inconsistent. And we don't follow through. We don't always teach the right thing. Or, or oftentimes, especially in our culture where it's encouraged to say, well, no, you don't teach your kids about right and wrong. But instead, 
you know, you let them be free. You let them be, be autonomous and kind of make up their own mind about what's right or wrong. And here's what we have to realize. According to the biblical wisdom, according to the book of Proverbs, that's, that's parental malpractice. You know, that's laying down on the job. That's, that's giving up on the responsibility God's given you. Your job is to instruct. Look at what it says in Proverbs again, 22. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Now, what it's saying is that foolishness is the natural state of our children. They're naturally unwise. Now, you think that would be obvious, right? I mean, if you look at that and you say, you know, go into a nursery, and, you know, if you remember, you have babies. They like to play in their own poop and small it over them. I mean, that's kind of foolishness. They don't understand. You go into a preschool room, they're eating crayons. You know, that's foolishness. Middle school, I remember I used to work with middle school. I go in one day and the middle school boys are sitting there. They made up a new game. Let's run into a wall and see if we can knock ourselves out. I mean, that was the game they were playing. It's like, great, okay, that's foolishness. Folly is bound up in the heart of the child. That's the natural state. But yet somehow in our culture, we think that, oh, we need to let them to decide. We need to let them decide their own right and wrong. No, no, the Bible is clear. You see, we are all naturally self-centered. And when I say self-centered, part of what that means is that we think that our own thoughts and opinions are right. That's where we all start. We have thoughts and opinions and, and feelings about what's right, what's true. And, and what we need to realize is that, no, that's wrong. Our children have to be taught there is truth outside of themselves. See, folly, foolishness is naturally bound up in the heart of the child. It's natural to them. And unless you intervene and intercede and give them something else, what they're going to have, they're going to lead to disaster. And so what do they need? Proper, what does it say? In the rod of discipline. We're going to talk of some about what that means, but let's focus on what discipline is. It calls us to discipline our children. Now, even in that, I realize if I use that word, some people kind of pull back on that because it's a word that in our culture has some negative connotation. Well, here I want to start by saying when we think about discipline, we often think of it almost as equal as punishment, and it's not that. When the Bible te talks about discipline, it's something that is, that's a far, far richer idea, concept. It's a, an idea, that, a word that almost literally means to coach. It means instruction and walking through and modeling and, and it has this idea that, in fact, if another word that we could use that were common in the church, we talk about discipleship. Discipleship, discipline, their same root word. It's that we're to teach and disciple and to model and to walk them through. It involves not just punishing bad behavior, but teaching right behavior, teaching the difference between right and wrong, trying to shape their hearts and their minds. It involves encouragement positive reinforcement when they do what's right. It isn't only a negative concept, it's, it's affirming good decisions. And then it also means confronting bad decisions, pointing out when it's wrong and trying to teach them through consequences, through appropriate consequences, about the unwise decisions. Now we're gonna talk about that again next week of what is the appropriate consequences because it's not the same for every, every action. It's not the same for every child. Now. We need to remember that, though, in the midst of this, our goal isn't just to shape behavior, it's to shape their heart, to teach them to be wise. And that means that we want to get them to not only know, but to love wisdom, to understand it, and to live it, live it out. And what is involved in that? Well, here, let me go to a, a passage outside of Proverbs, one in the New Testament. 
2 Timothy 3.16, it's a passage that we all, many of us know, that talks about the inspiration of God's word. But in it, it tells us a little bit about what this discipline is. Look what it says, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And when we get this all right, that the man of God, the child of God, the person of God may be completely equipped for every good work. So what is it saying here? It's this idea that it's teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. The New Living Translation puts it this way. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And then it corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. So that's the idea here. So now to help you even illustrate this, throughout the Proverbs, and not only the Proverbs, but the Bible, it often refers to right living as walking, so that we walk in truth. Proverbs, uh, for example, 2.20, so that you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of righteousness. So let me use that imagery here to, to kind of lay out what this passage in 2 Timothy is teaching. All right, so it says, first of all, scripture is given by God, and what are we to do? Well, we're first of all to teach. Now, let's take walking. Part of what that means is it's teaching what's right or wrong. It's in a sense, here's a map. Here's the right road. Here's, you know, here's what's bad. And, and here, again, what is wisdom? It's living according to what is true, uh, understanding and living according to truth. But you gotta understand it first. So first of all, we have to teach them what is true. Here, you know, here is the road. Walk on this road. This is, you know, this is where it goes off. This is where it's on. So we're teaching them you know, the, the right road to live on. Now, the problem is, is that even if I know the right road, we all mess up. Our kids mess up. At times, they're gonna make a mistake. At times, they're gonna choose to disobey. And what happens then? Well, it's not only that God's word is for teaching, it's also then for reproof. And this is the idea that we need to point out when they've strayed from the path. We need to realize that, you know, as in the living says, we need to help them realize what is wrong in their lives. See, now, here's where we've got to say in our culture, that's offensive to people, but we've got to say, no, the Bible says there's right and wrong, and not all decisions are equally good. You know, some of them are wrong. They go against God's truth. They go against God's wisdom. And so when our kids make a choice or when they accidentally get off the right path, we need to say, hey, you're off the right path. We need to point out that they're wrong. And so we not only reprove them, but then we also correct them. And so what this is, not only pointing out that they're wrong, but then we help them get back on the right path. We say, okay, this is where you get off. Well, this is how you have to change. Now, here's what we need to realize that when we talk about correction, this usually involves some kind of negative consequences. There's some kind of pain. There's some kind of spur that we've got to move to say, okay, well, you know, here's, you're on the wrong path. There's a negative consequence. Get back on here. That's where the reward's going to be. And so we're not only then correcting, but then also training in righteousness. And training in righteousness, but said, okay, now how do you learn from the mistakes? You, you know, got off the right path, you got back on, how do, you, how do you stay on the right path this time so you don't do that again? And that's what discipleship is. That's what discipline is. That's what we're called to do as parents. Now, it's an overview. So let me just, just you know, just, we're gonna take, take about 10 more minutes here to kind of wrap up and kind of sum up some ideas, principles from Proverbs to parents wisdom that these are these are you know ideas to say what's this actually look like in parenting and some again are, are outside of parenting but but here's here's how it applies number one is that the central teaching of proverbs god is the source of all truth god is the source of all blessing 
And, and we taught again last week is this idea that God has woven into the world, into creation, truth. They're like physical laws. If we obey them, that we're blessed. If we forget them, we break them. And the, and the Bible teaches, in fact, central to the Proverbs is that we've got to realize that we are not the center of truth. There is a truth outside of us. So for example, Proverbs 9, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. It's not that we're fearful of God. We're not afraid of God. The fear of the Lord basically means I know there's a God and I know I'm not him. You know, I know there's a source of truth and I'm not it. And so I see myself properly in relation to God. And when I do, what I realize is then I'm going to then trust him because he's not only the source of truth, he's the source of good. And if I really believe that, I'm going to trust him and his word and his guidance in my life. That's again, central passage in all Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the word with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths or straight your paths. And then it continues the promise. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That if we understand that, it's a path of blessing. Now we see this and we realize, again, we live in a culture where it's like, well, you know, things have changed and you don't understand. And my friends, we've got to realize God doesn't change. Truth doesn't change. Morality hasn't changed. Yeah, some people think that things have progressed. Well, well you don't understand. It's how out of line with it is with, with the values and culture of our world and we've got to be relevant. Hey, let me remind you of something for those that you know, have studied the Bible in any period of time or it might be new for some of you. Go back to when the Bible was written. Learn something about the Roman culture of that time. You know what? The morality and values taught in the Bible totally disagreed with the values of that time. It was totally contradictory. It, was, it didn't make any more sense then. It was offensive to people then. That's why you had Christians even being put to death for it. And so you look at it and you say, if God's word was true then, and it can, when it confronted and was against the cultural the values, why would we think it's less true now? And our kids need it. We need it in each one of our lives. You see, it's not irrelevant. It is totally relevant. And the question is, are we aligning ourselves with what God's word says? That's the way of wisdom. Now, we're called to teach our children that, and we're called to do it as in the role of parents because God has one of the ideas here, God has delegated his authority to parents in the home. And so he's called us to come and to teach them to take it. Now, we're not their friend, we're an authority speaking out of love and compassion. But as God's authority saying, okay, now we're re God's representatives teaching our kids. Now, there might be times that I know even in my, my kids, you know, I remember one discussion with one of them and, and she's sitting there saying, well, you know, but you're you know, arguing with me that I'm right, she's right and I'm wrong and she knows better than me. And she says, well, what, how do you know if you're right? What if you're wrong and you're making the wrong decision? And I told her, I said, listen, you've got to realize that God has put me in the position of authority. I answer to God if I'm wrong. One day I stand before God and I want answer to him if I'm doing the right or wrong thing here. You don't have to answer to God for that. You have to answer to whether you're submitted to me. Because God is established. God is saying, now obey me because I'm your parent. Look what it says in Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's obeying not just because they tell you, but in the Lord. I mean, how many of us as parents have told our kids, do this or, you know, here's why. How many we argued, here's why you should do it. And what are some of the reasons that we think? You know, but I told you so, or, or you know, or, 
because mom said so. Yeah, and you know, you know, I'm gonna, you know, come and get you. You know, I, or, you know, I think of the, I took, I brought you into this world, I can take you out, you know, type of thing. We give all these things. A lot of times we come and we say, hey, you know, I'm, it's, I'm bigger. You're gonna, I'm gonna discipline you. I'm gonna, which again, can work for a younger child. What happens when they get bigger than you? Or, or so often we say, well, you know, I know more. I'm your parent. I've lived life. I understand this. I have a better knowledge base, which works well. So they get to be about 13. And then they're sure that they, you don't know better. You don't understand what's going on. And so if that's the reason that I've taught them, it doesn't work in the long run. Or, or you know, volume or fear. Um, or in my family, my dad, you know, he would at times tell us, well, we need to, well, why should I do it? He said, well, it's the golden rule. I'm like, the golden rule, do unto others as you do unto him. He says, no, the golden rule is he who has the gold makes the rules. So if you want anything in this house, you obey me. And you know, as long as you're depending on me. And, and, and again, that works to a point. But what happens when I have my own job? What is, happens when I, am I just, can, you know, agreeing to that for in the short term? No, we teach unto the Lord. And so what do we teach our children? This is what God says, obey me unto the Lord, but then ultimately I'm teaching them to obey God because they're never gonna outgrow that. And that's our role as parents, to teach them ultimately to see God's authority and then to see how God has built his, his morality, his truth into the culture and to teach them to live according to wisdom. That's where we talked about last week for those that were here with us. And we talked about what is wisdom. It's God's truth that he's built into the world. It's the way the world works. Wisdom, again, that definition, it's understanding and living according to what is true. It's understanding what is true. It's just like, again, the physical laws of nature. We have gravity. It's a physical law of nature. It's true. Whether you believe it or not, it's true, and it works a certain way. I can't sit there and think, I'm Superman. I'm going to put on a cape and jump off the terminal tower and fly. I may think that, but the law of gravity is still going to work. I'm going to fall. It's going to be a terminal tower plunge, uh, literally, in that sense. And in the same way, God's moral law is true. It's the way the world works. It's not just right or wrong. It's what works. And when we ignore it, there are consequences. See, again, wisdom teaches us there are consequences of both breaking and keeping the, 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 you know, God's law of truth. Just like gravity, I can't ignore it. If I, but here, if I keep it, there are blessings. If I break it, there are consequences. Now, I'm gonna introduce to this last point, and I'm gonna tell you this is what we're gonna come back to next week and look at. This is all now saying that there's consequences. We're doing this as parents. Now, as parents, we are then called to magnify the consequences of wisdom. What we're called to do, especially when our children are younger, is to teach them right and wrong, to teach them, and then when they step into things, to magnify the consequences. A lot of times we say, well, here, let me protect you. No, we don't protect them from consequences. We make them worse, or we make them better. When they do something good, we try to bring in rewards and affirmation. When they do something wrong, there are negative consequences. And the Bible teaches us throughout the whole time, you know, Proverbs, again, 13, whoever spares the rod hates his son but to who, who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, it's not just talking about corporal punishment, it's talking about consequences. If we spare our kids from consequences, from pain, from bad decisions, that's hating them. And how do we love them? Well, we're diligent in discipline and the consequences, natural consequences of wrong behavior. Proverbs 19, 
Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Again, it's like if we don't, there's hope of him turning, and if we don't, we're letting him go down the wrong path. A man of great wrath will pay the penalty, for if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. If we bail him out, we're gonna have to bail him, they'll never learn, is what it's saying. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Now, here's the basic idea. So we understand this. Let's say, for example, we have our kids and, and you know, they, they aren't doing their homework assignment. They're not doing their chores. Now, when they get 30 years old and they're not doing their assignments at work, they get fired. That's a natural consequence. That could be a life-changing consequence. Now, what happens when they're five, when they're 10? See, our job isn't to protect them. Our job is to magnify that consequence because I want to teach them to be responsible then when they're not life-changing consequences. If I teach them then, see, then they're going to learn. They're going to gain the path of wisdom for the future. If I don't teach them then, they're going to keep doing it again and again. So that's what God is calling us to do. Not just seeking seeking to shape the behavior, but to shape the heart. Now, then you say, what's that look like? We're gonna come back to this next week. And, and, and I wanna build on this next week and then say, okay, what's, there are principles that the Bible gives us that again, they're not specific, but they're principles that are applicable and we're gonna look at those and we're gonna say, okay, what are the appropriate consequences? What should we do and how should we do it? And then we're gonna wrap up and do something different for us. We're gonna, at the end of the service, we're gonna actually give you a chance to give specific questions back. And so we're gonna have a question and answer time next Sunday. We're gonna give you a chance to text and kind of interact. Here's a question I have, what do I do here? Now, I'm not that a perfect parent, but as much as possible, I can say according to wisdom, these are the ideas that we'd understand. Now, even if you want to send something in in advance, you can, there's a number that's up there. If you do that in advance, just let us know which service you're in so that I know which service to address that question. Um, but then next Sunday during this service or at the end, as much time as we have at the end, we're gonna give you a chance to interact because this is all relevant. It's all practical. It works. And we can say again, it's not that we're perfect parents or that we've had perfect kids, um, but we've learned these ideas. And I love, to see, I love to see my adult kids and to see how God has raised them in wisdom and the blessings that come with that. And we've got to say, how do we help each other do that? We're an imperfect family. We're learning together. But we're learning in the context of God's, God's perfect truth that guides us in the path of his blessing. And that is it for this week's message. If you have a question about the message, Community Church, or Jesus Christ, send us a text to 330-400-3242. You can learn more about our events and community groups online at ccpl.life connect. There, you can also send in a prayer request. We would love to pray for you. Have a blessed Lord's Day, and we'll see you next week.